It's fall, y'all. Everybody break out them sweaters. Everybody got them Carhartts, them cardigans, them corduroys, all the good stuff. Carhartts? Yes. Oh, okay. I love fall. Fall is the best time for men's fashion, in my opinion. And winter. Winter and fall, best time. I'm not into the summer fashion game with men oh man see i'm just the opposite flip-flop shorts and a t-shirt i'm rolling but i like winter see you would think just the opposite right because i fucking hate the heat i can't stand the heat i'd rather have it like below zero all year round but i like shorts and flip this guy this guy you can tell you can tell oh my goodness but we're super excited for this show guys we got so much to talk about it's britney bitch and we're talking about it uh we're talking about the scarlett johansson lawsuit that we predicted the outcome was gonna happen and i mean just so much other stuff we've been gone for a couple weeks so we're excited to get back and talk about the entertainment industry that we know and love and hold dear to our heart yes and that's what happens when you're a couple of weeks off netflix had a big event and there's like netflix has eight five i can't even count how many stories they have yeah a lot of announcements a lot of announcements there it is guys there it is well that's later on the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 175 this week. We're super excited. It's a huge milestone, and we got a lot of news for you. Like we said, we were off a couple weeks working on post-production for the company, but now we're so excited to come back and actually talk industry news because this is what we love. This is the entertainment industry that we love, so you know we're all about it. (laughs) And there's a lot to talk about. There really I is. I mean, of course, the Mouse House. That probably has the biggest news of the week by far. Uh, unless you talk Britney, right? Britney kind of like, you know, hey, me too. I've got big news too. Um, huge movie news though. It looks like the box office is going to have a big weekend both domestically and internationally thanks to a couple of uh, tentpole films. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, good to see, right? Yeah, seriously. Just so much stuff to talk about, guys. Exactly. And you guys know your host with the most. Myself, JLo, Fantastic. And the one and only mouse What's up? and if you guys did not see during our two weeks off we released a new it cap behind the scenes is it worth it and Ooh. we talked about streaming versus theatrical same day releases so be sure to check that out it was a great conversation we used the new twitter space feature and that was an amazing experience to have other people on and talk with like 10 to 20 different like-minded individuals who like either agree or disagree and it was just an amazing conversation so be sure to check that out on our youtube channel i'm just gonna say it i think that conversation that is it worth it it's responsible for what happened with disney and scarlett johansson it is <laughs> they watched i they they watched they, they listened we said they did exactly. I, I, whether it's true or not we're taking credit exactly <laughs> exactly but before we deep dive into all this news, we got to plug our merchandise website. Yes. Be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got sweatshirts. It's getting cold outside, so grab your sweatshirts. We got pajamas, believe it or not. So fucking get everything, guys. And you know, I mean, Halloween's up next, then Thanksgiving, but then 
Our Christmas merch is on mm. the way mm. yet again. We're super excited about that. I love our Christmas merch. So the I Christmas merch is fantastic. It, it is. It really is. I can't wait to start wearing it again. But let's get into it. Uh, the biggest one, or one of the biggest ones, I should say, Britney Spears. That's right. Everybody's been talking about her this past week. And her father, Jamie Spears, has been ousted from her conservatorship Mm. uh, following a drawn-out legal battle that has uh, persisted and gone back and forth since the pop star placed was placed under the court ordered arrangement back in 2008. I can't uh, believe it's been that long. Yeah, right. I mean, that's over a decade. Uh, Judge Brenda Penny ruled that Spears' father will no longer serve as conservator of his daughter's estate, immediately removing him uh, from control of her finances. A hearing was set November 12th to determine whether the conservatorship will end entirely whether if somebody's going to take his place or if you know she's going to be out on her own controlling all of her shit herself or at least putting people in financial situations to control her assets like many people in Hollywood have. A hearing, uh, like I said, set November 12th, the judge appointed John Zebel, an accountant, to assume temporary control of the estate until the next step are determined. Rosengart is expected to return to court on November 12th as well with a plan to wind down the arrangement and allow Spears to reclaim unfettered control of her life. Now, Spears is conservator of her own person, or... Spears conservator of her person, Jody Montgomery, who managed her day-to-day well-being, medications, and decisions, will continue in that role for the time being. Now, this is crazy because this is literally like – like you're they're literally controlling her what is best for her. That's – Right, that's, right. Wow. So, yeah, for anybody that was kind of like, wait, what, what? It's you're a lot like, of stuff happening. So her dad was controlling all the finances basically, like, you know, it, it, all the money decisions, right? And then this other person that this Jody Montgomery is managing her person. Yeah. Right? Okay, her day-to-day well-being. I'm concerned about that one too because after Jane, after this court ruling, she was all over Instagram posting all kinds of naked, weird pictures yeah, again. Was... So, Jody, what, what, what are you doing? Why, are you the one taking the weird, naked pictures right. of her? Like, what are you doing, person conservator? I, I just, I think this is weird all the way around. It's very just, weird, but what? and then at the same time, because everybody's saying, you know, free Britney, free Britney, but is she? Is she in the right mental state to be able to take care of herself and her kids? So it's very – because she's been under this since like t- 2008. So it's a very scary situation. I'm worried that she might not know how to take care of herself and at this point. And she did have that mental breakdown yeah. at, at one point. Remember when she shaved her head and she kind of just like lost it? Which hence I think started all of this yeah. like really so – I don't know, man. That's I don't know either. Definitely something. I mean, we're definitely not the ones. <laughs> we're just giving our thoughts, okay? We're not the ones who are saying she should do this or this because it's a lot happening and it's a lot of stuff I that mean, we don't even understand. Yeah, we don't even have all the info. Yeah. So, like, and I mean, how can anybody make a full decision without the info? I it, 
I am curious to see where the judge goes next, though. I, yeah, it's just a wild situation. Mouse House. Yes. Well, let's jump to the other biggest story of the week that broke a couple of days ago, and we predicted it. We knew this was going to happen, and is it too little too late from Bob Chappick? We don't know, but he at least, at least Disney did the right thing. I'm, of course, talking about the lawsuit. Scarlett Johansson and Disney have reached a settlement over her blockbuster lawsuit that accused the studio of sabotaging the theatrical release of Black Widow to prop up Disney+. Plus. Terms of the settlement were not disclosed, but we are hearing that it could be north of anywhere between 40 and $60 million right. on top of the $20 million salary that she got. So she could be walking away somewhere between you know, 80 and $100 million for, for this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Because those bonuses would have gotten her that had you let it be in the theater. So anyway, we're, we, that's not guaranteed. We don't know that for sure. Terms were not disclosed, but leaks are coming out, and it looks like that's around the amount. Um, in a statement, Johansson said, quote, I am happy to have resolved the differences with Disney. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come. Now, Alan Bergman, no relation. I wish, but no relation. Uh, Alan Bergman, the chairman of Disney Studios Content, said he too was pleased to have resolved the dispute and that Disney appreciates her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and looks forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror film that we reported on a few weeks ago. So... All is good in the neighborhood with at least ScarJo exactly. and Disney. Exactly. But not necessarily with Marvel and Disney. No, so. <laughs> it's very freaking interesting, guys. I'm sure you all have seen. Marvel filed five lawsuits last week seeking to block the heirs of the comic book creators from reclaiming the copyrights to many of its popular characters, including Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, and Doctor Strange. The move comes after heirs of five Marvel authors filed dozens of termination notices with the U.S. Copyright Office. If the notices were to succeed, they would not prevent Marvel from using the disputed characters, which were created by multiple collaborators, but they would require the studio to make payments to the heirs now, in the lawsuit, Marvel is seeking a declaration that it holds the valid copyrights to the disputed characters and argues that the characters were created under the work-for-hire arrangements and that the heirs have no valid claim to the copyrights. Marvel points to the Kirby case in which the federal court sided with Marvel, finding that the characters were made under a work-for-hire arrangement. So it's all very up in the air, but wouldn't – I mean devil's advocate. Wouldn't that be some shit if they were taken away? I don't think it's going to happen, but wouldn't that be some shit? Yeah, it, it's – um. I, I don't think precedent is is in the, the family's favor, un, unfortunately. Um. There's been a lot of lawsuits like this, like, like like Marvel cited the Jack Kirby lawsuit, which failed. Um, they were unable to get it. And then the other, uh, Joel Schuster and Jerry Siegel, the, yeah. the family of Superman, tried this a long time ago and were unsuccessful. The courts also declared that that was work for hire, and even though... It was pretty shitty. Um, you know, they did not get the copyrights back either. Now, in that case, Warner did decide to pay them a hefty amount of money, um, you know, to just kind of make it go away. But um, it just – it unfortunately, this type stuff, which is why um, – 
so many uh, Todd McFarlane and and Rob Liefeld and like all these artists left Marvel and DC at one point and formed Image Comics, where Spawn came from, and because they wanted to own their stuff, right? Um, unfortunately, comic book art and comic book creations and, and that is work for hire. You are creating that stuff for that company, and you know that that's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, well, I think it goes back to go back and read your contracts. Go back and read the fine print because you have to when you're getting hired for these certain things. You have a contract that you have to sign, and you have to actually read the shit because stuff like this will happen, especially with family members who think they deserve something. Well, so you know, and, and, and I want to say this, and please don't send the hate mail or hate comments. I'm just making a point, right? Like, where were the termination notices prior to the billion-dollar empire that that the MCU is now, right? If you wanted the rights to the characters back, why weren't you consistently fighting for the rights of these characters before Disney started making billions of dollars off of them, right? If If it's truly about the ownership, then... You could have been fighting for that for decades prior to Disney buying Marvel and making these billion-dollar movies, right? So it seems like it's a money grab, not a we-want-the-rights grab. Exactly. Um, Well, my thing is, do you know if it's like really any of these authors or is it just all the family? Is it I, th- all the I think, I mean, most of these creators have passed That's already. That's what I was thinking. Yeah so. yeah. so it seems more like a money grab because like if, unless they have like video recording or something written down in their handwriting, it's like maybe they didn't even want this to happen. Maybe it is just a money grab from the families to try to reclaim some money. Again, don't send the hate mail. We don't know everything. That's just our thoughts and opinions. It's just perception, right? Yeah. And perception is 90% of reality so if you you know i I don't know i think you should have been fighting for him for a long like joe siegel and jerry schuster's heirs well before superman started making all the money that it makes and all the kind of stuff they from the day they died the family was trying to reclaim those rights right so that was not a money grab that was that was a rights thing so i'm just saying just comparison right um in a preemptive purchase 20th Century Studios has acquired the rights to a new untitled thriller, which will be written by Sean Simmons. Deadpool scribes Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are set to produce the film. The project is an irreverent high-speed thriller that follows a former teenage getaway driver who is dragged back into her unsavory past when a previous employer offers her the chance to save the life of her chronically unreliable ex-boyfriend. Mm. Sounds a lot like Baby Driver, (laughs) only with a girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit different twist, but the teenage getaway driver that's brought back in—I don't know. Just yeah, sounds sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. We need original (laughs) content. Oh man! But this next one we're super excited about, and we've all been knowing and waiting for this thing to happen. But the book of Boba Fett has officially given out a premiere date for Disney Plus. The Mandalorian spinoff will debut December 29th. The show first teased at the following of the conclusion of season two of the Mandalorian's finale Uh, in the series. Legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Finnick Shand uh, are navigating the galaxy's underworld. when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim mm. on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. 
Now, Tumor Morrison returns in the role of Boba Fett, and Ming-Na will return to the uh, Shand. So, Wynn first played her character in Season 1 of The Mandalorian, as you remember, and provided the voice of the characters in the animated series, The Bad Batch. So, we're super freaking excited about it because they're just keeping it all in the family. Man. Absolutely, man. And we love Ming. I'm so glad she's going to be a part of this, and I'm sure she's going to pop back up on The Mandalorian also, which, by the way, started production. Yes. Well, I, I did see. We don't we, we didn't we're not we don't have any new because there's no other news other than it started production. Yeah. So season three is rolling. Um which is really exciting. Ming, come on the show. Just please, ma- please do it. come do on it. the show. Uh hey, were you wondering who's gonna host The Bachelor, right? We don't know. Chris Harrison's gone like what's gonna happen? Who's gonna Well now we know. And guess what? It's a former bachelor. Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Here's the news. Jesse Palmer. You might know him from Good Morning America or the NFL. He was quarterback for a little while, right? And he was on GMA until Strahan came in and kind of bumped him out. Yeah. Just um, Jesse Palmer has been named the new host of ABC's The Bachelor. Now, like I said, he's a former Bachelor himself. Palmer starred as The Bachelor on season five, if you guys remember, which aired way back in 2004. As of now, Palmer is officially signed on for just season 26 of The Bachelor, which will air in 2022. But the plan is for Palmer to continue with the franchise in the future on both the flagship Bachelor and Bachelorette. But nothing's set in stone yet because the network hasn't renewed those shows yet, so they don't know what's going to happen. Palmer has a long-standing relationship with Walt Disney, as you guys know. As I said, he was a sports ca- uh, commentator on ESPN uh, after he finished his playing career and was a special contributor on Good Morning America uh, and did stories for ABC News in primetime also. So, you know, he, he keeping it in the family, like we said. Disney does a really good job of keeping it in the family, so um, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he looks like the definition of a bachelor, <laughs> and I mean, he's a good TV personality. So, I mean, depending on how this season will go, I wouldn't be surprised if they do keep him on. And let, let's be serious about it. I mean, everybody loves, not us, but like the general population loves The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So it's getting renewed. Yeah. Let's be honest. Will he swing in a Rooms to Go sponsorship? Because right. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying. Because he's on the Rooms to Go commercials too. That would be great. Maybe Rooms to Go will furnish The Bachelor mansion. Right. Who knows, Win-win. I'm just – I'm throwing that out there, Disney. Contact him. So funny. <laughs> well, The Righteous Gemstones star Tony Carelvo uh, is joining ABC's The Connors in a recurring role. Mm. Uh, Tony will play Aldo Harris – uh, older boyfriend and a in a multiple arc, a multiple episode arc. Aldo is a veteran tattoo artist at the shop where she works, and a single dad uh, to two boys ages ten to twelve. And he will first appear in the wedding of Dan and Louise, an episode airing on October thirteenth. So mm. be sure to check out for that. Um, yeah, and I'm guessing the older daughter, not uh, what's her face, but the older daughter. Oh uh, yeah, no, actually, it I I think it's the younger daughter, the one that was on Shameless. Mm. I th- yeah, which is why it's like, uh oh, controversy kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I, we're we're gonna see. So uh, we'll have to tune in and find out. Right. But uh, which you know, uh, and Dan is getting married. It's like forget Roseanne. He's moving on. He's yeah. Moving on. Good. Good. Uh speaking of moving on. 
The Mysterious Benedict Society has been renewed for season two at Disney+, Plus, based on, of course, the young adult book series of the same name by Trenton Lee Stewart. The series followed four gifted orphans who are recruited by the eccentric Mr. Benedict, played wonderfully by Tony Hall, uh, Hale, sorry, um, along with Hale, the show stars Kristen Schaal, Mamie Bofu, Ryan Hurst, Gia Sadu, Seth B. Carr, Emmy Dillorian, Mystic Ishuchu, and Marta Kessler. Wow, those are some names. Yeah, right. Those are some names. And Tony Hale, I loved him on Veep. Uh, I, he's just—he's a great actor, and I, it's good to see him getting a second season here. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, this next one, by no surprise, Disney is forming a really tight relationship with the NBA. I'm just saying they I'm, really are. Uh, Tori Sampson has been tapped to pin the biopic '61, which is being developed at by Disney Studios. It's a live-action team-up for Disney Plus, and it's about Chris Paul and his brother CJ. Uh, are producing no director yet or talent is attached at this time but like i said the film is based on the nba star nba star's moving story of family legacy and dynasty that helps him make him who he is today Mm. so it's very exciting and as you all know he is the uh nba player association president so i mean this guy has like made his way up the ranks started with the new orleans hornets not the north carolina or the charlotte hornets that's right back in the day man back in the day (laughs) all these crazy moves it's yeah. happened um russell hornsby which uh most recently seen on uh danny strong our buddy danny strong's uh proven innocent um he has been cast as don king in the upcoming hulu limited series about mike tyson called iron mike Hornsby joins the previously announced series lead, Trevente Rhodes, who will play Tyson, of course. The series is said to be an exploration of the wild, tragic, and controversial life and career of Tyson, one of the most polarizing figures in sports culture, and whose career was ruined by Don King. Yeah. That's my opinion, but... I think most people would agree. Uh, Production on the eight-episode series is currently underway. Hornsby will appear in seven of the eight episodes of Iron Mike. And oddly enough, let's just let a little Jeopardy tidbit out there. Not the first time he's played a promoter. You remember, Mm. guys, he was the shady-ass promoter in Creed 2. Yeah. 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 So he's used to these kind of roles. That's going to be awesome. That is. That is. I mean, maybe he, let's just say that's not his real, like, life persona. No, no. He's a great (laughs) human being. And and like I said, check him out on Proven Innocent or just so many other things. He's a phenomenal actor, but he clearly has got this role. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Well, Hulu has greenlit the legal drama Reasonable Doubt, starring Imatsi Cordinelli in their (laughs) first scripted series. Uh, The series was originally. Originally reported being in development at Onyx, created back in July after having been in the works at ABC for like a while. Mm-hmm. Now, A Reasonable Doubt will executive produced by Kerry Washington and Pilar Savone uh, for Simpson Street and Larry Wilmore via Wilmore Films. Ramallah Mohammed is writing and executive producing the series, which features an all-black writing staff, which is amazing. Yes. In the series, viewers will judge Zach Stewart uh, for her questionable ethics and wild interpretations of the law until <laughs> they are one in trouble, until she is the one in trouble. Uh, then they will see for see her for what she is the most brilliant and fearless defense attorney in los angeles who bucks the justice system every chance she gets Mm. so sounds very feisty yeah and i love this all black writing staff as you guys know we talked about this several months ago on the show the onyx collective is a is an organization within the disney empire there whose sole mission is 
that to produce and create content for black creators and to and uh, to heavily cast black actors and writers and staff and so this is fantastic I, I mean good move and i love that they're following through and doing it for uh sure. judas and the black messiah writer director producer shaka king is expanding his work in television signing a first look deal with fx productions now under the pact king will develop new tv series for fx through his recently launched production company i'd watch that for By sure. the way, that's a great name for a production company. Uh, with the company's co-founder, of course, Brandon Harris. So, good. See, even just more staying within the Disney empire and diversity. And and I, I love it, man. I love it. Right. And I mean, the next one is super exciting because FX is putting out a lot of content this year. And I mean, they're announcing a lot of shit, too. <laughs> uh, the FX series adaptation of James Cavell's novel Shogun love this. has rounded out its main cast. Anna Sawai has been cast in the lead role of Lady Morocco. Uh, joining previously announced cast Cosmo Jarvis, uh, Hiroki, Sanda, and in addition to the ensemble cast is now included a whole bunch of other people uh, <laughs> that I just do not... I Nestor Carbonell yeah. will be the biggest name that you would recognize. He yes. was on... Um, just, I mean, like tons of stuff. Fringe. He was on Lost. He was on uh, just uh, Bates Motel. I, I mean, so many things. You would recognize him the second you saw his face. Yes. But, uh, the show has received a 10 episode order at FX, so stay tuned for that. I don't blame you for trying yeah. to not do it's those like, I, I know. We don't speak not. Japanese, and we don't want to butcher all those names because, whoo, that would be rough. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> FX has also announced, because we're not done yet, that the pilot based on Octavia Butler's 1979 science fiction novel. Kindred uh, has cast Micah Stock, Ryan Quanton, Gail Rankin, Austin Smith, Antoinette Crow Legacy, and David Alexander Kaplan as series regulars. Now, we talked about this before. They joined previously announced cast members Mallory Johnson, who will play the lead role of Dana, a young black writer who finds herself transported back and forth between the present and 19th century slave plantation. Wow. So this is going to be a really interesting story, and I think it's going to dive deep into where we're at and how far we really have not come since those days. If I had to guess, I think that's where that's going to go. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, The next one, Archer, which is one of the staples in adult animated comedy, has been renewed for its 13th season at FXX. Mm. Uh, The news comes as the adult animated comedy is currently airing its 12th season. The current season is slated to end its run October 6th. Now, season 13 will consist of eight episodes, which will debut in 2022. And like season 12, new episodes will debut on fxx and be available stream the following day on fx on hulu so exciting stuff man exciting stuff there i mean like we talk about like this whole time it's all in the family i mean all the stuff on fx is all on hulu so you really don't need cable anymore you really don't and and just kudos again to do following through on Bob Iger's initiative for diversity and to really push forward with that because all of those stories were basically all about black creators or black shows or black actors being cast in these roles. And so fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Now let's see more people of color though. Like let's get it all in there. Okay. Exactly. Keep keep rolling with it. Jump into Fox, which is not Disney. Don't be confused. See people are, don't do it. The Fox broadcasting network still belongs to News Corp. Every other Fox thing belongs to Disney. We just want to clear that up for you. 
jump into Fox. <laughs> Eva Umuri is the latest addition to the cast of the upcoming Fox country music drama series Monarch. Mm. Now, this is interesting because Umuri has been cast as the younger version of Dottie Cantrell Roman, who will be played in the present day by Susan Sarandon. Now, why is that interesting? Because Umuri is actually Susan Sarandon's daughter, mm. and she'll be playing a younger version of her mother. So that makes it kind of interesting, doesn't it? She'll make her debut in the premiere episode. And she joins previously announced stars, of course, her mom, Susan Sarandon, Beth Dito, Trace Adkins, Anna Friel, Joshua Sasse, Megan Holder, Indigo Pasquale, Martha Higarde, and Emma Milani. Those were pretty simple things. Right, exactly. And I, I think it's funny how Trace Adkins is turning more towards acting now. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. And, uh, and staying in his lane, though. Yeah. Like acting things that you would be comfortable in, right? Like exactly. country music. Yeah, he's not going too far out of the realm. <laughs> um, now, hopping over to the Bunny Warner Media, Ronan Atkinson, Olivia Coleman, Mr. Bean! and Sally Hodkins um, are rounding out the cast of Warner Brothers' upcoming Wonka, the new film that dares to probe how the world's most famous chocolatier, chocolatier and confectioner will first develop his sweet tooth. Uh, they join previously announced Timothy Kamalette, um, who will play Willy Wonka himself. The film begins shooting next week in London, uh, mm. so that's very exciting and also very interesting at the same time because we saw that Netflix bought that whole property. So I'm assuming after this film, it's going to be just Netflix who is going to have Willy Wonka films. Yeah, that's really interesting. And how's that going to? I mean, maybe there'll be some sort of a Deal, compensation de- deal between yeah. them or something for like it'll air on netflix before hbo max or something i don't know but something's gonna have to happen there for sure i do like the idea of rowan atkinson though is he gonna play charlie's dad because mr bean as willy wonka's dad would be like perfect casting right, right? i mean that guy's weird and that would just make sense to me i, I don't know and by the way since you said Chocolatier. They should have Shaka Khan do a play on, you know, Chocolatier. Chocolatier. I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm full of ideas and coffee. It's fine. It's good. Um, (laughs) It would be pretty funny, though. I'm just saying, if you guys don't do it, I'm going to make a spoof of it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, The first look. This was exciting of HBO's The Last of Us TV series, starring The Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal, and Bella Ramsey has been revealed. Naughty Dog, the video game developer and producer of the TV series, released the first image from the show this week. Now, Pascal and Ramsey, shown from the back, are pretty much damn near perfect matches to Joel and Ellie from the video game, right down to their rugged clothes and worn-out backpacks. The two are gazing out at a grassy hill where destroyed plane remains litter the countryside. The Last of Us is currently in production with no official release date announced yet. But the fact that they're showing pictures and that it's got to be coming soon. Exactly. So, you know. You would think, man. You would think the slate of all these game movie slash TV shows are – it's crazy right now. It's yes. crazy. So the next couple of years, it's going to be huge for that industry. Uh, HBO's new series, We Own This City, has temporarily been taken over by COVID uh. and shut down uh, on – on a case on set. The series, which stars John Berthaw and Josh Charles, is scheduled to resume to usual shooting next week. So, might push back the premiere date, but you don't know. We don't know. As soon as we do, we'll, we'll tell Just you. Just more proof that we are still dealing with this. Mask up, mask holes. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Just do your part. Uh, HBO announced that comedy series Curb Your Enthusiasm, starring Larry 
David returns for the 11th season on October 24th. Now, you guys know, the Emmy and Golden Globe winning series will premiere 10 episodes this season, with new episodes airing on subsequent Sundays, like always, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. I know a lot of people were excited to have this show back, finally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a huge hit, and has been a huge hit for, for years and years and years. Um, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Definitely. Definitely. Well, ScoobTuber <laughs> has officially begun on HBO Max, and the Cartoon Network featuring over 17 hours of Scooby-Doo content yes. with new celebrity guests on the animated series, including Cher, Sean Ashton, uh, dress, uh, Jessica Biel, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Lucy Liu, Jason Sadukis, Run DMC. What? The, yes! The, line, the lineup includes new episodes of the Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? Scooby-Doo films from the Warner Brothers and from Entertainment Library and the Cartoon Network premiere of Scoob airing October 24th. Uh, two films will be aired every Sunday and additional Scooby-Doo episodes can be found on the Cartoon Network app. So, I mean, they're just going back to the basics, which I think is good. I think is good because they're gearing up and like drawing in the adult crowd a lot. So I think it's good that they're going to be drawing in the kid crowd as well. It only makes sense that Peanut came over for the Scooby story. Exactly. Dogs love dogs. That's Somebody. true. It's fantastic. Hey, Lily Rose Depp. Yes, Johnny's daughter. She's apparently going to star in The Idol, an HBO drama series co-created by singer-songwriter The Weeknd. What? Okay. Reza Fahim uh, and Euphoria creator Sam Levinson are also on board as creators. Now, per the logline, The Idol is about a female pop singer who starts a romance with an enigmatic club owner who happens to be the leader of a secret cult in Los Angeles. Tess Faye will also star in the show, which is currently in development. Rose Depp and Tess Faye are the only two uh, announced cast members, and they are believed to be playing the female pop singer... And the club owner, which would seem to make sense. Right. I mean, uh, you know, but uh, we'll see. That sounds like an interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, it's kind of like bodyguard meets, I don't know, some drug euphoria shit. <laughs> like, that, that'd be interesting. Uh, so, I don't know. For sure. But that's not all for H HBO and HBO Max. They announced this week that the cast of Pretty Little Liars' Original Sin now includes Sharon Leal, Ilana Good, and uh, Leah Shangola. Now the series regulars and Zika Young and Carly Pope in recurring roles. Oh. Uh, previously announced cast of the members of the Pretty Little Liars reboot include Chandler Kinney, Bailey Madison, Maya Raku, um, Mila Perales, and so many others. So we're definitely excited. I guess I know Twitter's excited because they just cannot stop talking about Pretty Little Liars. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be doing really well. I, th I guess it's going to do well. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, okay, which is interesting, because another one that's going to pop up on that show is Eric Johnson, who was on Smallville. Mm. So I'm transitioning now. Teen Wolf alum... Ian Bowen is set for a multi-episode arc on the upcoming second season of the CW's Superman and Lois, which takes place in Smallville. See what I did there? Bowen will play Lieutenant Mitch Anderson, the metaphorical new sheriff in town at the DOD. Now get this, though. Apparently his worldviews divides into two types. Those you serve and those who serve you. He doesn't exactly like the fact that Superman doesn't fit into either one of those. Uh. And he's going to try to bring the Man of Steel under his authority officially. 
Yeah, that's not going to go well. It's not gonna that's happen. not going to happen, man. Just no. like, no. Good luck, though. <laughs> Good luck. It sounds exciting, though. I, mean, I, I like that they're breathing new life into it and kind of introducing new characters as well as keeping old favorite characters. I love the show. Definitely. was so wrong. Definitely. I love the show. <laughs> A Babylon 5 reboot is in development at the CW. No. Uh, it's going to be an original series created by, uh, or the original series creator, J. Michael Skrzelski, is on board to write the project. He will also executive produce under his uh, studio, JMS Banner. Now, Warner Brothers uh, Television, which produced the original series, will produce the reboot as well. The new iteration of the sci-fi series is described as a from-the-ground-up reboot. In the series, John Sheridan, the Earth Force officer with a mysterious background, is assigned to Babylon 5, a five-mile-long space station in uh, natural space, a port of call of travelers, smugglers, corporate explorers, and alien diplomats at the time of an uneasy peace of a constant threat of war. Now... His arrival triggers the destiny beyond anything that could have anyone could have ever imagined as the exploratory earth company accidentally triggers a conflict with a civilization a million years ahead of us putting Sheridan and the rest of the B5 crew in the line of fire as the last best hope for the survival of the human race that's a lot don't do it that was literally the entire original series. Yeah, that's like they're like not. I mean, if you're gonna reboot it, like at least reboot it, make it something different. That sounds like it's gonna be exactly the same as I don't know. Just don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. All right, jump into Viacom CBS. <laughs> Brian Robbins. He is cleaning house, my friends. Paramount Pictures continues to clean the house. The studio has parted ways with animation president, which only makes sense because he's coming from Nickelodeon. I, it just makes sense to me. Uh, they've parted ways with animation president Morella Soria. In a promotion, Nickelodeon's Ramsey Naido has added oversight of the label to her purview. Now, Soria's exit comes during a continuing reorganization of Paramount Pictures by new chairman and CEO Brian Robbins, who replaced, as we told you, Jim Giannopoulos in early September. Emma Watts, the seasoned production executive only a year in her post as president of Paramount Motion Picture Group, was dismissed last Friday. As the head of Nickelodeon Animation, incoming chief Naito launched the largest animation slate in the network's 40-year history, feeding the content pipeline across all the format platforms. We've told you about this. She's done a lot. This year, Naito alone has launched Paw Patrol the movie, the expansion of SpongeBob SquarePants universe with SpongeBob the movie, Sponge on the Run, and two original spinoffs, Baby Shark, Blue's Clues and You, Santiago of the Seas, the Loud House movie, and Rugrats. And of course, that she's not done. Next, she heads into production on the anticipated animated Star Trek Prodigy from Nick and CBS Studios, as well as Seth Rogen's new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So she's bringing a lot to the table. It only makes sense she got the promotion. Right. I just think, and I mean, we've seen this before. I mean, when you take over as chairman and CEO, you want to surround yourself with people that you're familiar with, exactly. that you kind of brought in and worked with. So, I mean, no no, no hate out there towards him. I mean, he's doing what everybody would do, which is bringing in people he's comfortable with. I mean, yeah. smart move. It's a very interesting situation over there right it now. It is. Uh, the True Lies pilot at CBS is building out its supporting cast. Omar Miller, Erica Hernandez, Mike O'Gorman eh, have all come on board the drama pilot. They joined previously announced uh, Steve Howey and Ginger Gonzaga. Yeah. So uh, very exciting, man. True Lies was huge. So 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, everybody was wondering who was going to play the wife to Steve Howie's, like, Arnold character, and now we know Ginger Gonzaga. Exactly. It's going to be fantastic. Um, (laughs) Speaking of Teen Wolf, we just had a story about that, right? A movie revival of the Teen Wolf MTV series is in the works, apparently, but not at Warner Brothers, at Paramount+. Plus. As part of a new overall deal, series creator Jeff Davis is signed with MTM, MTV, sorry, MTM, I don't even know what I'm talking about, MTV Entertainment Studios. Davis' multi-year deal will see him write and executive produce the film with talks currently underway with original series cast members. Well, one's going to be on Lois and Superman and Lois, so how's that going to work? The news comes on a four-year anniversary of the original Teen Wolf finale on MTV. In addition to developing Teen Wolf, Davis also served as executive producer and showrunner on the series throughout its run. The real question is, will Jill Wagner be back? Because she was my favorite on the show. She needs to come back. Yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying. Heading over to NBC Universal, YouTube TV consumers can breathe a sign of relief, guys. Relax, it's fine. Weight lifted off your shoulders. <laughs> they will continue to get their NBC Universal's uh, suite of cable channels, uh, local NBC stations, after Google and NBC Universal announced an official agreement today. Yes. Uh, the previous agreement was set to expire September 30th at midnight night eastern time but the parties have reached a short-term extension while they continue working to hammer out a long-term deal the contract fight escalated earlier this week after nbcu began warning youtube tv customers that they would lose their networks like nbc usa network and cnbc after google claimed that nbcu was asking for higher rates than its charges uh youtube tv's pay uh competitors now in reaching this carriage renewal, NBCU's dropped its ask or it's asked that YouTube TV bundle Peacock Premium with the streaming service. So there's a lot of negotiations going back and forth. But I mean with the short term deal, at least the consumers can get what they want for the time being. Yeah. But I mean from the sound of it, they only did that for now. So be prepared, I guess. It might come off. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, dun dun. I, I just, I, I love this. Did you guys have any idea that the criminal justice system is represented by two equally important? I, I, I wanted to do the whole thing. I want to, but I'm not going to. The original Law and Order, have you guys seen this, is apparently on its way back. Uh, it's going to return to NBC with new episodes for a 21st season. I am so freaking pumped. And this would explain the exits of some other people because they got to make money for this. Like, oh, clearly. Uh, nearly a dozen years after the series signed off after a 20-year run which by the way everybody was pissed about because it was going to break the record for the longest running drama in television history and nbc canceled it right before it was going to break the record and everybody's fucking pissed about it but they're bringing it back too bad now svu's already gone on to claim that record but anyway rick eyed will serve as showrunner and of the new iteration of the series Law and Order guru himself, Dick Wolf, will obviously be involved with it, and he's actually been working behind the scenes for years to get the Mothership series back on with new episodes in primetime. There's no word yet from NBC on casting or a premiere date, but the original series had a revolving ensemble over the years that helped keep the show energized as actors would naturally move in and out of the roles in law enforcement and the criminal justice system. Um, I am seeing, though, I'm seeing all kinds of reports that they are reaching out to at least Sam Waterston and Essapatha. So at least 
one of the legal side and one of the cop side originals are they're working hard to get them back beyond that we don't know but we'll see see in my opinion is this necessary i feel like it's not like i'm just saying probably not but i'm so freaking addicted to the show <laughs> that i am pumped about it oh, it's goodness. just one where i'm like i'm just happy yeah. because it didn't end right it just abruptly ended everybody thought it was coming back for that season and it just it didn't and it, there were storylines not cleared up they didn't try to clear them up on svu which they could have done, but they didn't. And it just, they need, even if it's just for this one season, yeah. they should come back and just clean up all the storylines and tell us what happens and end it properly. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. thank you for that. It'll be very interesting, man. Well, this <laughs> next one is fucking amazing. Yes. And you guys know we rarely ever talk about music anymore, but this one was too huge not to talk about. Pepsi and the NFL and Rock Nation have assembled a truly memorable lineup of performers for the Super Bowl 56 halftime show. Now, everybody, be prepared. I hope you're sitting down. Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and the one and only Kendrick Lamar. They will take the world's biggest stage at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, which is only fitting, on Sunday, February 13th of 2022, airing on NBC. The Pepsi Super Bowl 56 halftime show marks the first time these five multi-award winning artists will perform on stage together holding a special significance for the greater Los Angeles community. Not only are Dre, Snoop, and Lamar native to Los Angeles, the city is hosting the Super Bowl for its first time in nearly 30 years. Collectively, the artists have been awarded 46 Grammys. Between them have 22 number one albums on the Billboard Top 200. So, I mean, this is huge. It's going to be a legendary show, in my opinion. And, yeah, it's honestly the first time I'm looking forward to something like this and ever to be honest with you i've never really looked forward to a halftime show because i've never been in that interested in one of their performers so i'm excited wow i think it's going to be the maybe quite possibly the best halftime show since prince who i don't think i still think will always hold the record for the best one but maybe this one could top it i don't know but i definitely think it will be the best since that for sure and uh i hope the sensor guys are ready that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Be ready for because that's live TV, and you know you remember the Janet Jackson fiasco. Well, these guys, I'm betting you better be ready. Um, by the way, have you heard Eminem's song for uh, Venom Carnage? No, I oh my gosh, so fucking good. Yeah, this I guy, know he did one for the first one. That's awesome yeah. that he did one for the second one yep. too. It's it even incorporates 9/11 and the sound of the planes crashing. Into oh the wow, it's hardcore. Yeah, it's hardcore. Check it out if you guys haven't checked it out. Well, it's about that time. You guys know how it is with SNL, right? It's a revolving door, much like Law and Order. Uh, they're always shifting in cast members. Even some t- stay long time, some stay short, but they're always moving them around, right? So you're probably wondering. What's going to happen on the current season? Well, we've got the skinny. Beck Bennett, the versatile Saturday Night Live player who has won notice for his impressions of Russian President Vladimir Putin and former U.S. Vice President Mike Pence over the eight seasons that he's been on the show, is leaving. That's right. He's leaving the NBC late night series, even as it welcomes back a number of its senior cast members who hinted they might be ready to depart. Mm. But apparently they're not ready to depart. Kate McKinnon, Cicely Strong, A.D. Bryant, Pete Davidson, Colin Jost, Michael Che, and Kenan Thompson 
all coming back for the 47th season. That's exciting. Along with Mikey Day, Heidi Gardner, Alex Moffat, Kyle Mooney, Ego Noonan, Chris Red, and Melissa Villaswinor. Two feature players from last season, Chloe Feynman and Bowen Yang, have been promoted to members of the regular cast, while another Lauren Holt, well, she ain't coming back. <laughs> Maybe she, she wasn't promoted and she's not coming back. Andrew Dismukes and Punky Johnson will return in featured roles, and the show will welcome three new featured players, Aristotle Athari, James Aut- oh Johnson, yeah, James right. Austin uh, Johnson, like- not this guy. Okay. I was like, what? Okay. Yes, I'm coming on. <laughs> and Sarah Sherman. So there you go. There's the revolving door. You know who's coming back. You know who's leaving. And at least for season 47, we'll find out what it's getting close to season 50. I can't even believe that. Yeah, that is Holy pretty shit. wild, right? But I mean, Sony, we're all super excited about it. It's definitely going to be the movie of the weekend. And uh, let there be carnage. Uh, they're estimating now, they were saying around 50 million, which I'm still putting it around there, probably 50 to 60, but I don't know about 70. But they're thinking at least 70 million in its opening weekend after netting 37.5. Two five million on Friday from uh, four thousand two hundred twenty five locations. Damn, where are all these theaters coming from? Right. Uh, but some industry experts have indicated to pent up the anticipation. Uh, propel inaugural ticket sales for the film could be as high as eighty million. Sony, however, is temporary tempering expectations and predicting a closer to sixty five million. Yeah, I think it's going to blow I'm your. I, I think it's going to blow your fifty out though. If it made almost forty on Friday, it's going to clear. 50 for sure yeah i just i don't i don't think it's gonna hit 80 i'm just saying no I but don't i think it's, I gonna, think it's gonna fall somewhere between 70 and 75 which would match shang chi yeah. and fall just shy of black widow but there you guys go the three biggest openings of the pandemic era marvel 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 what does that tell you whether it's marvel studios and disney or whether it's sony if it's a marvel movie People will go to the fucking theater to see it. It's true. Which is why Scarlet got paid. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It's not the only big movie, though, that's making moves this weekend that uh, people are going to go see no matter what. And I'm talking about MGM. We're jumping to MGM and No Time to Die. The 25th film in the James Bond franchise has been given, get this, I can't believe this is the first time it's been this wide, but apparently it is. This one's been given the widest theatrical release of all time in the United Kingdom, mm. and it exploded at the international box office on Friday, grossing $27.2 million across 54 markets to reach a running total of $51.4 million so far. Now, industry projections predict that coming in at the end of this weekend, it'll have $113 million uh, box office for the weekend internationally, and that would be the biggest global box office debut of the pandemic era, and that's not including China. The, it mm. actually opens in China on October 29th. MGM's tentpole was released in 772 cinemas, 25 more than the previous record holder, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker in 2019. So, there you go. And I mean, guys, when it opens domestically, I think it's going to do really well here. Yeah. Talk about pent-up you know, frustration waiting for a film that we were just talking about that with uh, Venom. Been like people have been, yeah, people have been wanting this movie for fucking ever. So I think people are going to be happy to go see it. Agreed, man. Agreed. And MGM is also teaming up with Fathom Events for a one night only nationwide engagement of uh, Rocky versus Drago, uh, the ultimate director's cut in theaters on November 11th. The film, which Stallone directed as well as starred in, will deliver 40 more 
four minutes of never-before-seen footage. A Q&A with Stallone uh, will also be broadcasted in certain venues, as well as a behind-the-scenes look at the film's creation. The film will be available to rent on demand beginning Friday, November 12th. I'm actually pretty excited about this. I watched the trailer. They dropped the trailer on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, it's diving deeper into the whole... uh, his feeling guilty for Apollo's death and why he's doing what he's doing. I mean, they showed some clips that weren't in the movie that clearly are going to be in this one, and I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be good, and I'm glad, even though it's only one night, it's getting a theatrical release because this is very one of those movies that you have to see in a theater. Like when you know, not as quite as big as it was in the '80s when it was actually Russia versus the U.S. Right? Yeah, and everybody's like USA, U.S. I just remember my theater was like fucking USA, you Everybody's wrapped in fucking flags and shit. It won't be like that again. But I think, you know, these are the kind of movies that you need to see in a theater. Yeah. I'm pumped for it, man. Completely agree. Completely agree. I'm excited about this next one, though, because I just ended a few of my shows. So this might be the next one I'm jumping to. Uh, Lionsgate, less than a week after they announced uh, on their streaming platform stars BMF has been announced for season two already. I think there's only like one or two episodes out right now. Yeah. The show was the number one premiere of the year on the Stars app, and it also did really well on the OTT platforms in the early numbers. So that's very freaking exciting. But, I mean, Stars is doing really well with, like, power and things like that. So by no surprise, especially with this one being a real-life story, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, man, I loved White Boy Rick. So I, I, And this is that story, guys, but from the other side of it, not – from white boy rick's side of it but from the other side of it and i hear it's fantastic so yeah i think i'm with you i think i'm going to jump on that and check that exactly. out exactly and Eminem's um, going to be white boy rick remember we that's right on that yeah, so, that's a, he's, so gonna, he's gonna come in at some point that's gonna be fucking epic i, I love that uh and you brought it up speaking of power uh luke cage's frank wiley has joined the season two cast of stars' flagship drama series power book two ghost in a heavily recurring role now details of the character are being kept under wraps but we do know he'll be named Lucas. Mm. Boy, that's a lot of info, isn't it? Right. He'll be named Lucas. Thanks, guys, for telling us all about that. <laughs> we'll keep you informed as soon as we know. Exactly, man. Exactly. We're super pumped about this next one because this guy over here is a huge major fan of it. Oh, my God, yes. But the one and only Oprah All Rise has been brought back at the Oprah Winfrey Network own itself with the Cabler ordering a 20-episode third season of the legal drama. The series aired two seasons on CBS before being canceled in May of 2021, probably a victim of the pandemic. Uh, Series lead Simone Missick is returning as Judge Loa Carmichael and will also serve as an executive producer on the new season. Uh, D. Harris Lawrence will return as showrunner and executive producer. Owen will air the first two seasons of the show in a build-up to the launch of Season Free. Uh, Furthermore, HBO Max and Hulu have acquired the subscription streaming rights Mm. to the episodes of the series via a deal with Warner Brothers. Domestic television distribution. The first two seasons of the show will be available on both streamers at the beginning on uh, December 1st. So that's very exciting. I am so grateful to Oprah and anybody and everybody that was involved in saving this show. Um, I am a huge fan of it. And guys, this is so relevant to what's going on today. Now if Oprah will just reach out and, and, and get for life 
on own. Right. Win-win all the way around. But seriously, guys, watch the first two seasons of All Rise. Go back and listen to our interview with J. Alex Brinson, who plays Luke on the series, and you'll see what we're talking about. It's so damn relevant to what is going on in society today on so many different issues. And it's such a diverse amazing cast it is um i i mean it everything it, it, it when you're talking about diversity and inclusivity this cast has got it covered and the storylines and it, it's just amazing and it, oprah there's a reason you're the only o that matters okay <laughs> we love you thank you thank you thank you for saving this show now call nicholas pinnock and 50 cent and let's get for life. Let's do let's it. Let's do that one next. All right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I had to say, I had to get it. Uh, let's jump into Netflix. Let's do it. And unfortunately, it's what we're familiar with because it's happening again. Right. After sweeping the Emmy Awards in its fourth season, Netflix announced that The Crown will return in November of next year. Of course 2022. With an all-new cast playing the British royal family, including Imelda Staunton as Queen Elizabeth, Jonathan Price as Prince Philip, Leslie Manville as Princess Margaret, Dominic West as Prince Charles, Elizabeth DeBecky as Princess Diana, and Olivia Williams as Camilla Parker Bowles. Johnny Lee Miller will also appear as Prime Minister John Major. This will be the third and final cast for The Crown, which launched in 2016 with Claire Foy playing Queen Elizabeth at the start of her reign for two seasons. Then she took a year off following season two and returned in 2019 with Olivia Coleman leading the cast as the queen for season three and four. Now, Staunton was only originally supposed to play Queen Elizabeth for one single final season, mm. but creator and executive producer Peter Morgan ultimately expanded Staunton's tenure through season six of the show, which Morgan has now said will definitely be the last season. <laughs> definitely be definitely, the last season. Sure. Um, and a lot of people were wondering how far are they going to go? Are they going to deal with the whole death and, and all the kind of – well, we know. We talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. They have cast Diodi Fayed, the, the the person that Diana was involved in a relationship with when they crashed and died. Um, so it my guess like is it. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think they are. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But this whole having to wait fucking two years in between seasons is right. fucking ridiculous. It man. really is. I mean, like, Netflix is classic at that. They did that with Stranger Things, too. I mean, season four is supposed to be the last one, but we're going to fucking wait five years until we get it. I know. It just doesn't make sense. It's insane. But these next two, they're not. No, they're- not at all. This one's gearing up and coming out super freaking fast. Cobra Kai season four has officially given out a premiere date on netflix the new season of the critically acclaimed series will debut december 31st right around the corner on the streaming service uh cobra kai was renewed for the fifth season back in august so they're actually coming out every year but thank goodness (laughs) okay that's how they're supposed to do it yes and so is this one emily in paris is set to return to netflix on december 22nd so that's gonna be awesome december is gonna load up emily in paris and cobra kai uh for its second season and per show creator darren star emily will assimilate more into the paris culture and lifestyle in season two i'm excited about hey what's Uh, up yeah you know you're excited about it we know we know you're excited. i love lily collins i know she's married i know i 
I don't mean I love her like that. I just mean I'm a huge fan of her work and have been for a while. And she's got a kick-ass dad, fucking Phil Collins. Come on. Come on. It's a good show. People keep knocking the shit, but there's a reason it keeps getting nominated for Emmys and Golden Globes and shit. It's a really good show. Give it a fucking chance. You'll like it. That's Check all it I'm out, saying. he says. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> and also some more exciting news, which is huge for Netflix right now. The Witcher has been renewed for a third season. Season two hasn't even come out yet. Ahead of its launch for season two later this year. Very excited about that one. That one is also becoming its new bread and butter. So they're just building these franchises. And they don't understand stop making the movies. You're obviously doing so well with these TV shows. Yeah. Do these TV shows. And they're expanding that universe. They've got the animated series coming and like the prequel series coming. And like, yeah, that The Witcher is going to be huge for them. Uh, Oh, here's some really good news. And some sad news, all in the same story. Dave Chappelle has announced his sixth Netflix special, The Closer, which is set to hit on uh, October 5th. Oh, oh, so right around the corner, guys, next week. But he also hinted that this would be his last Mm. uh, comedy special for Netflix. That makes sense. Um, So exciting news. But sad news. At the because, same time. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he did have a contract. He had so many, and he's fulfilling it, and it, that's going to be it. Exactly. I, so get it. Next week, check it out. It's going to be awesome. Exactly, exactly. Well, Helena Bottom Carter will rejoin Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill for a new Enola Holmes mystery for Netflix. Cool. Uh, Bottom Carter uh, plays Eudoria Holmes, the matriarch of the famous uh, murder-solving family, like mystery-solving family, I should say, in the series that is based on Nancy Springer's beloved books. The films tell the story of Enola Holmes, played by Brown, a rebellious teen sister of Sherlock Holmes, who's played by Cavill, Uh, who is gifted with a super sleuth in her own right and often outsmarts her famous siblings. Mm. Principal photography is set to kick off in London. Damn. Did you ever watch the first one? I did not. It was good. I I really need to watch it and talk Talk about keeping it in the family and relationship. Cavill, man. Yeah. Witcher, guys, if, you, if you're not familiar. Exactly. And what rock are you under if you're not? Uh, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're keeping it tight with him. Uh, and they're also keeping it tight with these guys, which have said now they probably maybe won't go back to Disney. So, good thing Netflix is keeping them tight. Anthony and Joe Russo's production company, Agbo, and Netflix are reteaming for a new heist movie from Emmy-winning storyteller Noah Hawley and starring Emmy nominee... Oh, keep it in the family. Bridgerton, Regis Jean Page. Of course. Written and directed by Hawley, plot details of the yet-to-be-titled movie are being kept under wraps, but the thriller is based on an original idea from the creator. In addition to starring in the film, Page will also executive produce the project alongside Angela Russo-Ostat. Anthony and Joe Russo will produce with Abco's Mike LaRocca and Hawley under the 26 Keys banner. Mm. So, guys, I mean, at some point I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, but if... If Paige is involved, maybe Shonda. Right, you would I think. I mean, if you put the fucking Russo brothers and Shonda together, look the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. You're taking I mean, over, man. Holy taking shit. over. Uh, well, heading over to Netflix yet again, because everybody knows, like <laughs> we said at the top of the show, Netflix has fucking everything going on in Hollywood right now. David Devonchi and Neil Duchovny. Long. Duchovny, that guy. <laughs> uh, Neil Long has rounded out the cast of the untitled uh, Netflix comedy starring Jonah Hill with Kenya Barris directing. They'll join the ensemble cast that has already included Lauren London, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Sam Jay, and Molly Gordon. 
the film follows a couple uh, that's going to be played by Hill and London and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamic amidst clashing cultures and societal expectations and generational differences. Ooh. That's yeah, a lot happening. That is. I'm just excited because Netflix now has both agents, Mulder and Scully, in the Netflix family. Literally. Because with the with the crown, you, you know, they had they had uh Scully, so I, I'm just fucking thrilled that they're both there now. All right. I know I'm a nerd. It's fine. Just <laughs> whatever. Don't uh, judge me. All right. Sex Life dun, dun, will return for a second season on Netflix. The streamers renewed the drama starring Sarah Shahi and all series regulars Mike Vogel, Adam Demos, and Margaret Odette are slated to return to the show. I haven't watched this one, and I'm sad because I'm a huge fan of Sarah. I loved her on Person of Interest. As you guys know, she's going to be in Black Adam uh, playing ISIS, and um, I, I'm, I'm sad I haven't seen this show. Uh, but I'm going to. I'm going to check it out because clearly it's coming back for season two. So why not check exactly. it out? Exactly. Uh, they're saying it's very much a generational moving story that like includes everybody. Oh. So I've been seeing a lot of that stuff. So I'm excited about it. Okay. Um, Donald Sutherland and Jaden Martell are set for the Blumhouse Ryan Murphy Netflix production, Mr. Harrigan's Phone, mm-hmm. uh, written and directed by John Lee Hancock, based on the short story by Stephen King. Production begins this month with an eye on streaming for 2022 the story follows a young boy craig living in a small town who befriends an older reclusive billionaire mr harrigan now the two form a bond over books and i and an iphone but when the man passes away the boy discovers that not only the dead is gone and he finds himself able to communicate with his friend from the grave through the iphone that was buried with him what uh, okay. Yeah. So that's going to be like some spiritual phone call shit? Yeah, Like with seriously. the iPhone? Like... I'm talking to you on my – I'm FaceTiming you yeah, from beyond that, the That's grave. my question. Is it FaceTime? It's kind of dark down there. So like how's that going to work? Yeah. Or is it just a phone call? Although kudos because that's an interesting idea. There you go. Something original that I know it's based on Stephen King, which is always freaky. Of course he's going to have somebody dead in a coffin – Dialing somebody up on an iPhone. Exactly. Stephen fucking King. What else would you expect? I mean. Uh, This next one, why is this happening? I don't know. Because if you thought the worlds of Tiger King and Joe Exotic couldn't get any kookier, you're wrong. Think again, my friends. Tiger King 2 is apparently coming to Netflix. It's going to premiere November 17th. Directors Eric Good and Rebecca Chulkin are returning for the second installment, as well as executive producers Chris Smith and Fisher Stevens. Now Good and Chalkin will also serve as executive producers. And our only question is why? Yeah. Nicolas Cage reconsidered, got smart enough to drop out of that shit. NBC dropped theirs. Like, come on, Netflix. I know. You're doing all this cool shit, and then you this. Like, you don't need this. You don't exactly. need this. Exactly. Well, there was a whole bunch of people cast in somebody I used to know. Julie Hargitay, uh, Haley Joel Osment, this Amy Sedaris. <laughs> like, all of these freaking amazing people for the Amazon original film directed by Dave Franco, the good one, and starring <laughs> Allison Brie, Jay Ellis, and Kersey Clemens. So, I mean, that's very exciting. I mean, a lot of stuff is happening. Production is underway in Oregon as we speak so just just stay tuned guys stay tuned amazon's putting out some good stuff that not a lot of people are talking about so check out some more amazon stuff yeah i mean you know and I, it's cool that the little married couple the good one and and his cool wife are doing some shit exactly. uh, oregon they're filming in oregon yeah okay 
Portland got some good tax incentives I'm unaware of. That's all right. Hey, the titled uh, planned spinoff of The Boys uh, has officially been ordered to series at Amazon. I'm super excited about this. Uh, in addition, Michelle Fazikis and Tara Butters, who, by the way, Agent Carter showrunners, that's who they are, are going to take over as showrunners following the exit of Craig Rosenberg. Rosenberg is an executive producer on The Boys, but departed the spinoff series over creative differences. Uh. Now, set at America's only college, exclusively for young adult superheroes, and run by the Vaught International Corporation, of course, the untitled series is described as an irreverent, R-rated show that explores the lives of hormonal, competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the best contracts in the best cities. Yeah. Because that's what soups do. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you know. I, I'm excited for this one, actually. I think it's going to be... I mean, if it's anywhere half as good as the boys, it's going to be fucking epic. So. Agreed, man. Agreed. Well, heading over to Apple, they have won the feverish bidding war for a movie package starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt. With John Watts directing, Watts will write and direct and produce with Clooney's Smokehouse Pictures and Pitt's Plan B Entertainment producing, Lionsgate, Sony, Netflix, Universal, Amazon, and Warner Brothers, and so many others were said to have circled the project and would have loved to have the reunion of the Ocean Eleven stars. Little details are known about the acquisition right now, but theatrical release is set to be a part of the agreement. Ah, that so, seems to be the thing hinging on everything right exactly. now. Exactly. Although plot details are kept under wrap, the film is focused on two fixers who get the same gig. So mm -hmm. very interesting. I'm kind of bummed about this next one, though. Yeah. Apple TV Plus will not be moving forward uh, with a second season of Mr. Corman. That's A24 school teaching drama starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, I mean, he's such a phenomenal talent. The final episode, uh, The Big Picture, was released yesterday, actually. Gordon-Levitt created, wrote, directed, and executive produced the series about a fifth-grade teacher and former musician working in the San Fernando Valley. But don't worry, okay, JGL fans like me, okay, don't worry because Apple TV Plus is continuing to work with Gordon Levitt on the new animated series Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, for which he voices as lead character and serves as executive producer. So he's not going anywhere, they're just not giving us a second season of that really cool show. Exactly. But it's okay, it's alright, he's not going anywhere. Exactly, stay calm, stay calm. Well, the last one of industry news, Apple has ordered a series adaptation of the Amber Brown books by uh, Paula Dengzer. Uh, Bonnie Hunt is set to write and executive produce and sure serve as showrunner on the adaptation. Carson Rose from The Rookie and Cousins for Life will start in the title role with Sarah Drew from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Darren Brooks from Blue Mountain State and The Crudes. Uh, and... Liliana Annoying uh, from The Slows is also attached. So Apple's doing some big things, man. Yeah, man. I mean, they've got money. Yeah. So it's not surprising that they landed that huge film, right? Exactly. Like if anybody's going to get a Clooney Brad Pitt film, you had to spend some money. So Exactly. Um, it's exciting, though. That was a lot of news. And what I really loved is that there was so much diversity and inclusivity throughout all of that industry news, which kudos to all of them for doing it, man. Exactly. To, unfortunately, it took all these decades to get there. Sadly. But I love talking about it. That's what I've missed over the two weeks, talking about shit like that. That's epic. Man. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment mm. man oh man what movies do you take your significant other to go see in the theaters and or at home what movies are you looking for are you looking i mean it's our top five this week is top five date movies but you know a lot of people think romantic comedies as a typical date movie sure but 
a lot of people like to go see horror movies for date movies. A lot of people <laughs> like to go see dramas for date movies. Like, I mean, you know, so it's all about what type of relationship that you have. Yeah, and then as the Hallmark Channel has proved, a lot of people like to stay home, snuggle, and watch Hallmark movies Facts. for date movies. I mean, so there's a reason they're the number one cable network. I mean, it, like, so who knows? But we've got our picks. Exactly. We've got our picks. Exactly. Well, my number five is a new one that just came out, like, I believe about a month ago. You can watch it right now on the Hulu app, uh, Hulu Originals, uh, Vacation Friends with Little Rel and John Cena. This one was actually really funny because when I think about a streaming movie, you know, I'm thinking about like basically a Netflix movie. And let's be honest about it. We've talked about it. You've talked about it. Netflix films, Netflix Originals, I should say are very hit and miss. Mm. A Netflix film that is produced and made by another company and then that is sold by Netflix are definitely better than Netflix original films. I'm just saying. I'm putting that out there. <laughs> but with Hulu being owned by Disney and having it with the 20th century under that banner and having a whole bunch of stuff gearing up, an actual – I don't want to say an actual studio because that's implying that Netflix isn't an actual studio – but, like, a studio that has more than 20 years of history, let's say that, more of 20 years of experience, they put out a great fucking funny movie that you, your friends, your girlfriend, everyone will love. So that's why Vacation Friends is my number five. You will definitely enjoy this movie. You'll laugh so hard. You might even cry a little bit. Man, you guys know I love John Cena. So, of course, I'm going to be touting this thing. So that's why my number five is Vacation Friends. My number five, everybody knows I love John Cusack. Yes. So, of course, I had to have this on my list. My list is a mix of some old ones and a couple of current ones. But I'm starting off number five with an older one. It's Cusack. It's Daphne Zuniga. It's Nicolette Sheridan. It's Boombox Trenchcoat. Say anything. Say anything. I mean, it's an epic date movie, guys and gals, if ever. Tell me, if you're around my age group, fuck that, any age group, if you've seen this movie, tell me you haven't gone with the boombox or now the iPhone or whatever your mode of music is and played the song, right? Come on now. It's a brilliant movie. It's fun to watch. It ends happy and, and just like, I mean... Cusack with the boombox is forever of envisioned as how you get the girl. That's all I'm saying. It's That's true. all I'm saying. I know. I know. Say anything. Guys nowadays won't do that. Especially in the pouring rain. Fuck that. You're getting sick. You're getting COVID if you outside in the rain trying to prove your love. And boomboxes, for anybody who comes from my generation, as people know, if you've got a good boombox, that shit ain't light. No. Those things were heavy, okay? Yeah. So you're hoisting that shit up. And I mean... You go, Cusack. You know what it is now? You go through Apple and you make a playlist and then you send them the playlist. <laughs> that is that. And then see, you might be outside waiting to see if they I come mean, to the window. See, like, back in my day, making a playlist, you had to listen to the radio and be ready to hit record. Yeah. Like, and then you hope that you could cut it before the announcer came on again and the DJ came on again. You had to do that until you got every song that you wanted and hope to God it mixed good. Yeah, I mean, it took effort. It showed that you wanted that girl back then that's all i'm saying like, yeah i mean it's <laughs> now you just search for the song like what exactly it takes literally two seconds <laughs> i love the time that we live in uh it's so great 
say anything. Number five yeah. date movie. Uh, number four for me is The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. Yes. This is a great one because this is definitely one that, you know, obviously is kind of like a romantic comedy, if you will, but it's also like life after the fact life like trying to be friends and especially in this one trying to be roommates for the time being especially in a upscale neighborhood in chicago but i mean these two actors they worked really well together their blow-up scenes were absolutely hilarious and especially like i know a couple of people that after they break up with their significant other they are roommates because you know you can't leave the lease you're signed to a lease so you have to keep that shit so it's a very interesting situation and a very relevant concept even in today's time so i think that's why i love it so much and like i said it's just a great movie the two of them together is fucking hilarious so that's why number four for me is the breakup and also vince vaughn is highly underrated Agreed. in my opinion uh, favreau knew Favreau knows oh, yeah. Vaughn's genius. For sure. That's, uh, I just want to throw out an honorable mention real quick before I go to my number four. Basically any romantic comedy starring Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. I mean, we could have filled the list with all of those and been fine and good to go, right? My favorite is uh, Home Again, the one with the three screenwriters. Or, you know, and, and like Such a good movie if you haven't checked that out. Anyway, that's my honorable mention because I feel bad that I didn't put any of hers on my list. I have one oh. now too then. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number, actual number four is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. All right, all right, all right. McConaughey. And I mean, this this movie is just Kate Hudson, you know, Goldie Hawn's daughter. There, that their their chemistry in this movie and the back and forth is just absolutely epic. Um, everything about this movie is fantastic. I, I it's got a happy ending because all of these date movies should have happy endings. That's Every how time. it's supposed to go. Um, but I don't know, just something about this movie clicked for me. I, I, whether it's their chemistry together or just the storyline or, you know, putting people in their places and, and realizing what's important in life kind of a thing. I don't know. But I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. And if you haven't seen it, I'd say it's definitely one of McConaughey's and Kate Hudson's best for Agreed. sure. Um, check it out. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Agreed, man. Agreed. Uh, my honorable mention goes to any Tom Hanks romantic comedies because <laughs> yeah. we haven't mentioned any oh of Tom Hanks gosh. on ours You've either. got mail? I mean, come uh, on. I know, I know. I feel like I've talked about You've Got Mail so many times on the show, so I went a different route. Yeah. So, um, But my number three is also a McConaughey one. I mean, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those two, their dynamic is fucking amazing. And uh, what's his main name? Hank Pym there. Uh, as the uncle. I thought they were absolutely great. And I mean, I love just Matthew McConaughey. He's a great actor and everything he's in, he's just phenomenal. And I mean, you know, even when you're trying to watch a movie and your dog won't leave you alone. That's it, right. It just happens. That's right. I have to say that I absolutely love that you refer to that guy, Hank Pym, yeah. as the uncle instead of like Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Michael Douglas. Yes. Like Michael Douglas. Forever Gordon Gecko. He's a great Hank Pym. But he's forever Gecko. He's forever <laughs> Hank Pym. <laughs> I love that. That guy. He's done a whole lot of stuff, but he's Hank Pym. That's yes. fine. <laughs> My number three, which I absolutely love. Huge shout out to Mandy Moore. Nope, not her. The other Mandy Moore. Fantastic choreographer and just producer and just outstanding human being i'm talking about la la land for which every dance that you saw came from the wonderful mandy moore what a fucking phenomenal film this is right i just absolutely 
loved this film. I think Emma Stone is like, it might be my favorite Emma Stone performance. And that's hard to say because she's been in so many great movies. Yeah. But the old Hollywood feel to this, the classic Hollywood feel, the, the, the music, the jazz, the just, I, I can't think of a single thing about this film that I didn't like. Um, and I would have been happy if they had won Best Picture. I'm glad Moonlight did. I'm sorry for that fiasco. Right. But either or was deserving, and you should definitely see this film. Agreed. It's it's a fantastic date movie, by far a fantastic date movie, that doesn't necessarily end happy, but sort of ends happy. Yeah. Don't know what I'm talking about? Check it out. It you is won't worth be it. disappointed. It's Ag- fantastic. Agreed, man. Agreed. Number two for me is another recent one, pre-pandemic, like right before the pandemic, uh, with Mr. Lakeith there. We're super happy to see him doing such amazing things. But I'm talking about the photograph mm. with Isaray and Lakeith. Like they Lakeith Stanfield. That's his last name. Um, <laughs> there was just an amazing story going back and forth between New York and New Orleans. Love it because you guys know we're originally based from down there. So we love the culture. We love the atmosphere. And Rob Morgan was also a part of it. I know him as a councilman from Council – or not Council of Dads. This is us and everything else. I mean that guy's in fucking everything. He is. Um, but just a, such a great story about how – um, basically, you try to not emulate your parents, especially your love life, and how you need to get over that hump while trying to figure out who your parents were if they died young. So I think it's an amazing story and being able to make long-distance relationships work if you really try, if it's really worth it to you because at the end of the day, it is your decision what you want to do or not. So that's why number two for me is The Photograph. Nice. That was a nice description, too. Yeah. Um, okay, my number two and my number one, I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth of which one would be number one, which one would be number two. I had a really hard time with this one, but I've decided that this one will be number two. Um, I'm, of course, talking about the ultimate Julia Roberts movie, the only Julia Roberts movie that, that like launched it all, uh, Pretty Woman. I mean, if you don't have this on your date list movie, right. like, like, what is wrong with you? It's like the epitome of the Cinderella story, the happy ending. Like, it's, I mean, come on. It's brilliant Gary Marshall film. Uh, it's outstanding performances by Hector Elizondo and freaking Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And just like every, everything about it is awesome. Yeah, It's just Jason Alexander plays a total fucking douchebag uh, like, but but he does it so brilliantly um i just I, this film forever holds a dear spot uh for me uh it was an actual date movie for me which back in the day go figure um which i i just loved it i absolutely love it and who doesn't every own it Every time it's on TV, you watch. Right. Don't say that you flip. You stop and you watch because it's that kind of a movie. You're like, oh, shit, Pretty Woman's on. You do it. Don't say that you don't. <laughs> Number two, Pretty Woman. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's so good, man. It's absolutely amazing movie. Uh, number one for me, this team up is just perfect, in my opinion. Ooh. I love it every time they get together. And they're actually really good friends in real life. And I'm talking about 51st Dates with yeah. Adam Sandler. And little Drew Barrymore. 
not little anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Little Drew Barrymore, E.T. E.T. Big Drew Barrymore, 51st Dates. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, that's, I mean, 51st Dates, it's such an amazing story. But if you if you think about it, he's kind of stalker-esque. Sort of. It's sort of stalker-esque. Yeah, you know. uh, But like I said, I would just, when I was younger, I would watch this one repeat after repeat after repeat. So that's why it's close to my heart, and that's why I would watch it anytime. So, 51st Dates. All right. Well, I just said that my number two was the epitome of the Cinderella story. Well, my number one is the literally the epitome of Prince Charming and this princess, right? Like, like for me, the definitive date night movie. I don't, I can't think of a single female that does not love this movie. If you said, "Honey, we're chilling on the couch, we're fixing some snacks, we're watching this movie," they're all in, right? I, and it's gonna end well, guys. I'm telling you right now. There's not a woman out there that would say different. I am, of course, talking about The Princess Bride. Yes. So good. I, so good. I, do I even have to explain it to you? There's not a single listener out there that's watching this or listening to this that has not seen The Princess Bride. Everybody has seen The Princess right. Bride. Uh, it's, it's just brilliant. It's an absolutely brilliant film. The hardest part about this film is trying to figure out who my favorite person in the film is because they're all so epic. I mean, I just, yeah, that, that my number one, The Princess Bride. Yeah. My name is Diego Montoya. Yes. You killed my father. That's right. Be prepared to die. That is correct. So good, Old man. Mandy it's so freaking good. Such a great movie. Little ah. Cam has not seen it yet. Oh, I have failed. You as really a have, in the I sense have of failed movies. As a father. Oh my god! You know what? Dirty Dancing. How like, is Dirty Dancing not on the list? Like, oh my god! How I'm an '80s person. Dirty Dancing should have been on the list. I but like you, I feel like we've addressed Dirty Dancing so oh, many yeah, times. Exactly. Right? Like, There's so many other films that we love that we want to also acknowledge. But so it's watch so Dirty Dancing if you have not seen Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and for- you've got mail, yeah. goddammit. it! Yes, <laughs> and any fucking Hallmark movie. Come on, any God, of them, especially with America. Autumn Research. That's saying. right. <laughs> a Country Wedding. Yes. You're looking for a fantastic freaking date movie. A Country Wedding with her and Jesse Metcalf. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, what's your favorite date movie? We want to know. Be sure to add us on social media. Myself, JLo Fantastic, and at Crazy Ant Guy nineteen seventy. Especially hit on Twitter, up. we love to the Twitter interaction. Yes, hit us up. It's so fun. Uh, now heading over to the box office recap. Shang Chi came in at number one with thirteen point three million. Yes, definitely worth seeing. Uh, might be number two this weekend. We don't know. We could see a Marvel sweep at the box office this week with the with the number two uh, spots. Maybe. 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 We'll see. We'll see how You know it goes. what I would really love to see? Mm. A one, two, three, where the settlement of the lawsuit re-peaked interest and it, and it shot back up in the little theaters that it's still in. That's not going to happen. I, I know. <laughs> I said I would love to see That's it, but happen. it's not going to happen. Uh, number two is Dear Evan Hansen, which got fucking hammered, but it's actually a really good movie. I'm just saying, be sure to head out and see it. Cried my eyes out. Cried at least four times. I'm not even going to lie. It was so good. It's so good, good, guys. Uh, Number three is Free Guy, still hanging in there. It's been a while for that one. Number four, Candyman. That one also still hanging in there. Number five, Cry Macho. Uh, Now, see, this is just proof positive. Cry Macho is still there, okay? And... If Black Widow was still in theaters and not just on Disney Plus at this point, it would still be in the top five. Yeah. I'm just saying, if Cry Macho is, 
Black Widow would stay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing, exactly. Nothing again. Don't come kick my ass, no, Clint. Don't, don't come do kick it. my ass. Uh, he could probably still do it. It'd be slow. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, have you, did you see Crime Macho? Did you see those action scenes? Whoa, you're fast. Come on now. No, no. Oh he might still gosh. be strong, but he is not fast. Oh. Well, just... uh, movies, you, uh, new movies that are coming out that you can go see. The Mini Saints of Newark, Venom Let There Be Carnage, and The Addams Family 2, which is apparently really good. A lot of people are talking about that That's one as well. That's what they're saying. So, I mean, what if that one blindsides us and takes second place? Who knows? Um, uh... Yeah, yeah. Just watch Saints at Home, I guess. That's what he said, man. I'm so disappointed because I'm a huge Sopranos fan. I I love that you jumped on and have watched all of them and caught up and kind of like on board with it. So I was really disappointed to hear that it might not be so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, check it out. Definitely check it out. The interpretations and cinematography alone is worth it. The story's just a little bit everywhere, in my opinion. Uh, movies you can still go see right now. Jungle Cruise, still in theaters. Malignant, uh, which is apparently a sleeper. A lot of people are saying it's good. A lot of people are saying it's bad. Go make your own opinions about it. Uh, Cop Shop, Paw Patrol the movie, Love Story, and so much more, guys. Check your local theater listings and go to the movies. Mm. Uh, next, heading over to IMDb Pro, Chop Trending segment. Everyone's talking about it, so the film is Dune this week dune i believe it's going to be the biggest film of the year in my opinion even over the marvel's movies yeah which is very interesting because the director as everybody knows has been taking shots at marvel movies and and basically and yet your film's filled with fucking marvel Marvel stars bro okay like so you can slam them all you want to but why'd you fill your fucking film with marvel stars and i mean yeah just superhero char stars in general exactly i mean jason's in there like Come on now. Yeah, like, come on. Batista, right? Like, like fucking uh, Zendaya. Like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. Just own it, just, okay? It's just fine. own it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the top trending TV show is Sex Education. Makes sense. Which, I mean, is huge right now, so be sure to check that out. And oh. the top trending star is Willie Garson. Yeah, who who recently passed away. Uh, you know, we talked about that on the last show that uh, – you know that's unfortunate. He was great in, uh, you know, quarantine, the 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 web series there, and uh, Sex in the City, and so many things. But it's always unfortunate when the the top trending star is for because they passed. Yeah. You know, um, but it is a loss, and you know, prayers with the family, and uh, yeah. Definitely, Sucks. definitely. Well, thank you guys for getting crazy on episode 175. Be sure to follow the company at Crazy Ant Media and ItCaf Podcast everywhere, both on social media. You know you guys can follow us both personally at social media, myself at JLoFantastic and at CrazyAntGuy1970. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you like the fall decor? You like the fall decor? <laughs> I like it. I really like it. He hasn't said anything about it, so I don't think he likes it. No, I, I don't dislike it. I don't. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Halloween. and I, I, It's fine. He doesn't dislike it, but he doesn't like it. So we'll get there. We'll get there. He just doesn't like to celebrate anything. It's fine. Going to be coming with a fucking sweater vest and you a should. blazer and an ascot next yes, week. You should. So, yeah, I'm just like totally rolling in fall. Okay? <laughs> uh, I'm just coming. I'm bringing gracious. fall. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications. Boom. Check out Is It Worth It? Back 
with a new feature. It's it was just an amazing conversation. And we'll tell you why we cried during Dear Evan Hansen soon on the, on the next episode of that. Exactly. So that's something to look exactly. forward to. That should be coming out next week. Be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com. Start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. I mean, so much good stuff happened. I mean, like you said, I think the most the best thing that happened in this show and in the industry news this week the that I really appreciate it is how diverse everything is. Yeah, I mean, huge, huge shout out to all of the companies this week because all the studios and the majors and the minis all made moves with shows with diversity. And the, <laughs> I mean, like, finally Chappic did the right thing and settled a right and gave Scarlett what she deserves because if we're talking about inclusivity and diversity and, and, women bro you got to treat the women with respect and do them right and it was a bad decision it was the wrong decision and paying up and doing right by her was the right thing to do kudos for that finally happening um agreed and i mean of course we have to acknowledge her because she brought back the one the only all rise yes i mean you gotta love it you gotta love it oprah